podcast where I, Jessica, Organizer-in-Chief of Decipher Spain, a relocation and admin service for expats, introduce you to navigating Spain, the culture and the wonderful people I've met here since I first moved in 2008. A notoriously bureaucratic country, but with an exceptional quality of life once you get it right, the aim of Decipher is to ensure my clients and anyone who passes through my corner of the internet learn to love Spain as much as I love Spain. So join us as we discuss the wonderful, the frustrating and the downright fabulous life that living in Spain can afford you. I'm here with a friend of mine, a new friend of mine, Linda, and we're having a little glass of cava. Cheers. Clinkies. In, there is loads of sounds going on behind us, but anyway, it's fine. Um, Spain life. We are in my little home, in front of my little mic, we're going to have a little chat. So, Linda, who are you and what brought you to Spain? Who am I? Um, Okay, so I, I work in wine, and I have been working in wine for the past kind of few years. Spoiler alert, that is why we are friends. She works in wine. You always need a friend who works in wine. Absolutely. Um, it's all about the samples. Um, so yeah, I've been uh, working in wine for the past few years. Before that, I've been hospitality for kind of 20 years. And we love Spain, me and my wife. I've always loved Spain. She used to live in Barcelona, and so we spent a few years figuring out where we wanted to be, uh, touring Spain, which was a chore. It's awful. Oh, I don't know how you got through it. I know. And then we just kept going back to Andalusia because Andalusia, you know, it's got soul. Absolutely. It is different. Um, so, yeah, why not set up my own wine business here? Was well, it's, it's the obvious thing to do. And so now I run wine tastings and, and sell wine here. Fantastic. And you are very good at the deliveries, I know. We are actually drinking one of your cabas. Yes, we are. That's great. Thank you. And... Right, so you decided on Andalusia. Uh-huh. Why did you decide on Malaga? Um, I think it's a combination of, well, firstly, coastal, you get sea and mountains, right? Like, if you can have the sea and the mountains, then what a dream. We'd love to be able to go for a walk in the mountains, we'd love to be able to go out on the kayak. It's the best of both, best of both worlds. Um, Malaga's really vibrant. Um, it's got a really nice balance of kind of old and new and a really nice balance of... Um, kind of all different types of people so it doesn't have to be too Britty. Mm-hmm. we didn't want to go anywhere that had too many brits and we wanted to make sure we could kind of get involved in Spanish culture perfect and right so you moved to andalusia am i right in saying last year yeah last uh end of march early april i think and how was the whole brexit navigation how did you Oof. get through that how did you find it was it tricky? <laughs> Let's just say I wish I knew you at that time. Um, <laughs> we had to kind of, um, obviously the December deadline was was creeping upon us and we needed to get um, ourselves into Spain legally before the end of the year. Um, but we... That's my oh, cat hello, babe. who would like to take part in the conversation. <laughs> um okay. We weren't ready to move, so basically we had to send Phoebe over to try and start our residency paperwork um, and get an apartment here that we weren't living in because we needed an apartment to <laughs> to, uh, to get our residency. Um, I know, it was, it was very stressful. Um, and so we did that and then it took us a very long time of waiting for paperwork to be done and obviously trying to navigate that whole system, as you know, yeah, is know not well. good unless it's... you know what you're doing. Yeah. But Phoebe is obviously very admin-minded and she was able to get you all through it and here you are. Well, she, she, our paperwork got lost in the post. God. Yeah. Like I said, very much wish we'd have had uh, someone to do it for us. In hindsight, um, would not do it again myself. Yeah. 
I think a lot of people, a lot of people um, say the same to me. Um, and it's something I say to people, try and not DIY, mainly for your own mental health, just for your oh, own yeah. mental well-being. So many tears. DIY, yeah. a lot of tears yeah. and frustration. So you are in the UK and you're thinking, right, we're moving down to Lucia. This is great. My wife is doing all the hard bits. What did you expect from your life here? What was your big dream? Just a better work-life balance. Um, and to be honest, I'm super affected by Grace Guys. Like, it Same. Oh, it kills me. And I spent a lot of days waiting in the rain for a tram that didn't show up to oh, go to work in a cold shop. The cat is very <laughs> vocal today. Can I pick the cat Yeah, up? just pick her up. Maybe oh, no, she'll be happy. Okay. She doesn't like it. Um, so yeah, getting away from the grey skies was a big one for me. Um, and just, yeah, fresh start, do something for ourselves, do something with purpose and don't just kind of live out our lives because that's where we are. Let's just stay here because that's where we are. Like, let's make a choice about what we want. Because you do have a lovely house in the UK that you still own and I've seen pictures of it and I think it's absolutely beautiful. I think I would have found it a little bit hard to leave. I know. Except for those grey skies. It's, it was tricky because we'd just finished renovating it and um, we obviously made it exactly how we wanted it, yes, stupidly, yeah. Mm. But someone else will love it. Yeah, and, they, and they do. Sell it. Yeah. And if it's rented, then someone else will love that too. The renters love it, yeah. So what about what you didn't expect? Because mm. everyone has their dreams and what they want their lo- life to look like, but uh-huh. then all of these things come and you think, oh my God, I did not expect that. Not so much stuff that I didn't expect, but stuff that I didn't anticipate the impact of. Like not having friends. A social network was like the first six months, you know, we only had a couple of people that we knew and that was the hardest bit. It is me. hard to kind of navigate and find your tribe your for people. want of a better, yeah, for want of a better place. Yes, that, that was tricky. Um, and obviously the language, everyone kind of says, once you're there, you'll pick it up really fast. And that's no, not the case. That's not the case. But it's not the case in somewhere like Malaga because it's so international. Yeah. If you go somewhere where there's no English spoken, then that is tends to be the case what happened with you right that's what happened with me i was in central spain and there was just no option yeah you had to yeah exactly it was either speak or stay silent do you have any regrets about the way you moved when you moved how you moved um i like i said my main thing is i wish we'd have outsourced all of the stuff that we did because navigating the, the bureaucracy of it all and you know yeah, everything to do with the paperwork was what made our first kind of three or four months here really tricky. Mm. Um, and that really then starts to taint, you know, you, you arrive here and you're stressed, but the sun's out and it's amazing. And but it starts to taint what you're like, why are we doing this? It's really hard work. Um, that's really the only thing I think had we have outsourced to professionals and just you know, at the time we didn't want to spend more money because we spent a lot of money on the move and sending boxes over and mm. uh, having two lots of properties. And so we were kind of trying to keep our eye on the pennies. But in, in hindsight, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> and for someone who is trying to keep an eye on their pennies and is, has decided we're going to do it, but we're going to do it ourselves, what kind of advice would you give them? Oh, I mean, if you're going to do it yourself, I would just say, be careful where you get your advice from. Um, and there are a lot of good sources of advice out there, but Facebook groups ain't one. Oh, that was one of my questions to you. It's 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 my it's the bane of my professional life. Oh, just so many people who pretend they know what they're talking about and they don't. Um, and so we got we just got different opinions off everyone and every group, and we it just made us more confused. Yeah, 
absolutely. So you now live in the beautiful El Palo, a lovely suburb sí. in East Malaga. Mm -hmm. I live in West Malaga. I'm, I am up and coming. You are more... <laughs> Trad. Exactly. Um, what's your favourite part of your week? Your day-to-day uh, -day life? Okay. I love that I can walk three minutes and be on the beach, which is my main... The sunsets. Oh, like, if I've had a bad day, I can just go down and watch sunset. And I know why I'm here. Like, yeah. just going looking at the sea and, like... Yeah, taking in the power of the sea and everything, it just resets me. Um, so I'm the opposite because I'm a morning person. Of course I like you to are. see the sun coming up. Yeah, but I watch your morning beach chats on your stories when I'm in bed, like with <laughs> one eye open. So. I'm a morning person, but I, I absolutely agree with you with the, the, the sun and the sea and the walking and the it just gives you a grounding. Yes, recenter. Re so certainly best part of my day is always kind of getting away from my laptop out of the house and just going recognizing where we're living yeah i would absolutely think that's great what advice would you give to yourself pre-move looking back mm. now you have everything sorted now you're kind of stable and you're getting on with it but looking back what would you say to linda pre-move don't overthink it just do it i think we should have come a lot earlier you know i think we were like oh well, let's figure everything out and what about this and what about that and you know you just got to do it and find your way because like we couldn't have anticipated a lot of things. We over anticipated some things that never happened, and everything we made everything much more traumatic than it should have been. And so we just were, go with the flow. Just go. Like if you if you feel in your heart of hearts you want to relocate to Spain, I think don't waste three years planning it. Just go. Yeah. Just do it. And okay. Yeah. So what about setting up a business? Because you're actually the first person that I've spoken to or interviewed. Not the first person who has a business, but mm. the first person who's kind of set up almost immediately after relocating with no <laughs> language skills like how did you navigate that oh it's because i'm a maniac aren't i stupid it was a stupid idea it wasn't you're, a stupid you're idea. brave i wouldn't say maniac i'd say brave uh it was tricky i got a lot of help from um there's an office called cade office and they their job essentially is to help young entrepreneurs um young I'm not that young, but yeah, entrepreneurs. Um, and so they were awesome. They basically did everything for me, but I used a lot of Google Translate because the guy that I spoke to was Spanish. And so everything we did was via email. Um, and do you feel like you were supported? And They were awesome. They were really good. I, you know, uh, there, was, there was still a lot of paperwork that I had to deal with other people. And uh, that was obviously difficult in Spanish, but mm. it is now done. And I am, you know, once you're, once you know you're ticking all the boxes and you're legal and you can go, you're ready to fly with it, then it was, that was awesome. But there was a period of time where I was, it was, it was clunky. I was trying to get legal and I wanted to set my business. I wanted to get going and there was boxes I had to tick, you know. Okay. Now you are a little bit like me in that you like to follow the rules and you yes. like to do things legally. There are obviously a lot of people that say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to see how this goes for a few months mm -hmm. and, and then, then I'll work out how to set it up. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have said to me, I maybe got legal too fast. <laughs> so I was like, mm, that's what I do. Yeah. I did the exact same thing. <laughs> I did the exact same thing. I got legal very, very quickly. But it does set you, I think, I think personally that it sets you apart from other people that may have a similar, a similar game because you can give them a bad invoice and you can. And I always say to people, when you're buying anything, getting a service, get a bad invoice because if not, you haven't got a leg to stand up. Yeah. So I think that, setting up early is a good thing um even though financially it can be a little bit of a strain it can 
So when it comes to, say, the Spanish social security system and stuff, would you, I always say to people, set up legally. Mm-hmm. Do you think you would go back and maybe see how it goes? I think, you know, I, whether I like it or not, have a very British mentality and I'm like, I have to be legal and I have to, you know, make sure I'm paying my taxes and I have to, you know, do everything properly. Um, I, at that point, wasn't into the Spanish way of life yet and I didn't have that more relaxed Spanish vibe. Um, I think it would have been great for me to be able to start those early days and not be paying out the money I have to pay to be autonomous. Um, I don't know. If I could go back and do it, I would probably still be the same Linda and do it all properly anyway, but probably not for my best you know <laughs> yeah I mean so tell us a little bit about what you do and the events that you run cool um so uh, being from the wine world which can be a, a boys club um and be very pretentious um and you are neither neither a boy nor pretentious neither <laughs> um I'm very anti-pretentious not anti-man just point I mean no I'm, of course well I mean you are in certain I, ways I am gay but I just I don't hate men let's just be clear oh we've got a delivery oh, thank a little you. wine delivery thank um, you what a great husband you've got yeah uh, don't fuck <laughs> out on the mic um where what were we up to what were we saying um you are not anti-man distracted by Carver. distracted by Carver. okay um, but it is a boys club it is a boys club very potential so uh my kind of whole goal working given wine um was the I wanted to run wine tastings and get people excited about wine, but people that I don't want people to feel stupid. I don't yeah. want people to feel like they're drowning in information. And I used to go to tastings, like public tastings, not professional tastings, and they'd be talking about the fermentation temperature and the altitudes and the, which way the slopes face and the type of the soil types. And and that's all great if you study wine because it's great to understand that stuff. But as your average person, it's overwhelming and it's a lot and it's quite scientific and quite technical and it puts people off going to these events. It puts people off exploring new wines and, and finding new things that they're going to love. And so I wanted to break down all the walls. So when I set a wine to lust, it, the slogan was very easy, wine for the people. And I just want to run tastings that people have fun at, find new things that they wouldn't necessarily find elsewhere, you know, they wouldn't pick up off a shelf because they don't know what it is. So I want to introduce people to different types of wine, but I also want to tell them about the stories and the people behind the wine and, you know, the little guy in the vineyard whose dog helps him pick the grapes and I just, I like the stories. And so Wine Delust is wine tastings with stories about the wines and it's just relaxed and informal and fun and what about the name Winderlust where did that come from oh um I I love thinking of company names as you know mm-hmm. um you named my other my other venture my, yeah, my foodie venture <laughs> that's fun uh so I had two A4 sheets of names that I kind of just um you can't say brainstorm anymore can you that's not politically correct what brainstorm you can't say it why not um because some people actually have brainstorms like Shut up. A, yeah, it's true. You can't say oh it. My God, so I whatever do I'm just gonna stay here for the rest okay. of my life now. <laughs> you just ruined my day. Sorry. You can't Sorry. say brainstorm. Can't what say are you supposed to say? List, listing ideas. The other. The, yes. Well, oh Jesus. Christ. That thing that's not a brainstorm. I did that. Um and I uh, yeah I had these two sheets. What this and I'm actually googling that. Now, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> so. I knew it was about kind of exploration. I wanted people to explore and have adventures with wine. And so that exploration adventure side was with Wanderlust, 
Okay, yes. And then obviously it's Wonderlust with Wine. Wonderlust. Wonderlust. I think it's great. And I think when I first saw you creeping onto the Facebook groups about four <laughs> or five months ago, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Oh. I like this. Um, and I didn't actually go to my first tasting until early November, I Far think. Far too late. Yeah. Far too late. Yeah, definitely. But I will say that I just used to look at the pictures and think, oh, everyone looks a bit boring. <laughs> not very nice i know but and then yeah. but that's not true okay so i sometimes i i sometimes I, I, have an I stand crowd, they're, but they're lovely people yeah i, I get I, I draw a very nice crowd yes you definitely do um and now i am delighted with your tastings and we've done we've gone to the open ones mm-hmm. you did one with me for my decipher clients yeah because what i so i'm on facebook a lot because that's where i get a lot Are of you? my oh I am. It's where I get a lot of my in distress clients and I sort their lives out and I make everything good again. Um, But in the meantime, I have discovered that there is a group further west of Malaga that has a weekly what's the best wine you've got this week for under two euros. Oh yeah, you should. It is very distressing. Very distressing. And I'll let Linda explain why that is distressing. But I'm delighted. Basically, what I wanted to do with my clients was introduce them to fun wine, fun stories behind wine, and also for them to know that you don't have to spend a fortune on wine to get good wine, but at the same time, support the little guy. Don't necessarily have to go into the supermarket and say, oh, it's a bottle for two euros. I'm going to try that. You don't have to do that. You can get good quality wines at good prices that aren't UK or Ireland prices, but at the same time, you're supporting the little guy. Yeah, because, I, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to explain that when you take all the costs away that are involved in making wine, so on a very basic level, the bottle, the cork, the label, everything that goes into making that bottle of wine, if you genuinely believe that two euros is going to cover all those things and give you a, a, a wine that should be enjoyable that's that's just insane so you know what's what what money is the farmer getting what money is the guy in the vineyard who's slaving every single day to to make this thing of beauty and you know that's that's art as far as most winemakers are concerned and they put their their life and soul into it and so just on a very kind of fair trade level what kind of money do you want them to be seeing you know so yeah i think i i always try um to stick to 10 euros plus i do have some on the website that kind of 758 euros i bought a case of it yesterday yes um and it doesn't mean it's bad wine i always make sure that i know where the wine comes from and i know actually i think mine was on a it was on a yours was on a on a a flash flash sale Mm. yes exclusive to wine loss family um because what happens there is if i have a supplier and they have uh, leftover from a certain vintage and they're trying to release a new vintage they push that wine out so that doesn't mean it's that price because it's not as good quality it means that they've got to move on to the next vintage yeah. so i get flash sales from my suppliers i pass them on to my customers yeah. and your customers lap them up <laughs> you lap them up but you know what i i've worked in companies that get flash sales from their suppliers and as a general rule of thumb in the industry that means that you continue to sell it at the same price mm. but you take the profit got you one of the things i wanted to change here and the way that i do things is that you pass on that discount yeah got you okay i mean it's all really interesting it's something that i really think that expats can benefit from 
um, because there is this excitement of, oh my God, the wine is so cheap. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes <laughs> it is. But at the same time, think about where it's coming from. And yeah. I think it's good to, to have that pot. Yeah. And feed into the local economy and feed into all of the, you know, the local businesses and all of that thing. Um, so going back to more general Spain thing, you've now been here for a little, about a year. Just under a year. So yeah. you've done winter, you've done summer, you've done spring, you've done autumn. What's your favourite season? Oh, gosh. I mean, summer killed me, I'm not going to lie. It's hard. Oh. Like, my friends are always saying to me, oh, I might come and see you in the summer. And I think, oh, my God, don't, don't do it. My house is an oven. It's, yeah. Don't. There's no respite. Awful. I remember literally dodging the sun. We were living in this in the city centre at the time. And to get from one place to the other, you were running from one piece of shade to the next and wearing as little clothing as possible. Um, and you would step outside the front door and having had a shower, be sweating within 10 seconds. So uh, that's right off summer. Um, Winter, I mean, look, it's bright sunshine now and we're on what what, what date to it? 7th of January. 7th of January and the skies are blue, it's warm in the sun, it's a bit breezy. Um, So I'm not going to say I dislike winter, but we have had a week of rain. And we had a week of grey skies. I and wasn't that, here for you that. Weren't I here. was in Ireland with, with rain and grey skies. But that was very Manchester weather. Just for one week. Yeah. So And we probably won't get that again until March. Also not my favourite. So let's say, I don't know, the two in between. Spring, autumn was actually great. I really mm. liked autumn because um, it was still really lovely and warm. Even the evenings were still lovely and warm, but it wasn't scotchy. Yeah, got you. Yeah. So, okay, I don't know how many little trips you've taken usually in the first year there's a lot of admin and a lot of like house moving and all of that mm-hmm. and people don't people tend to kind of focus on there but do you have a favorite staycation in spain because oh. with covid staycations were the buzzword for the year because you <laughs> fly anywhere um so do you have mm-hmm. any favorite staycations that you would say this is where you need to go for a weekend away uh, the groño Yes, yes, we're making that plan. <laughs> That's happening. That's happening. Uh, if you're a wine lover, Le Grano is just such an amazing place to go. And also, the, um, I mean, Harrow is like the centre of Rioja. It's like the old school classic centre. And so if you're... Is that the one that's walled? Um, I, would, I, I don't think so. Think. I, I could be I've, wrong. I think I've definitely been there, I, but I'm, I mean, it, maybe I'm, I'm mixing it up. I was there in like 2015 or something, so and I had a lot of wine, so it might have been walled, and I just missed that whole entire <laughs> thing. Um, I don't think so. Um, <coughs> but no, it's lovely, but it's not. There's literally a handful of bars and restaurants. It's not really vibey. Mm. Le Grogno is really vibey. Yeah, Le Grogno is amazing. Um, but you know, oh, so many places in Spain. Now. The Seville I love, but it's very hot. Um, well, at the moment, it's very cold. Oh, is it? Oof, yeah, Seville is freezing in the winter. Um and you know what I really liked um like Cartagena Almeria that whole side like Cam- I haven't been to Almeria no I really liked it down there I'm so, going yeah. to a wedding in July so I'm going to use that as a yes and if you like like it's really good for kind of if you like snorkeling kayaking like Cabo de Gato that whole coast is is amazing I'm well known for my athletic abilities so, <laughs> so yes we will do all of those things. I'm really good at raising the glass. I'm excellent at that. Very good. Got my biceps right in order. Okay, so if you're, say, you're walking through the streets of Malaga and you think, God, I really love a nice glass of cava or a nice glass of wine, are you more drawn to a clean, vibey, glam bar or 
the old school traditional Pablo's inside having his coffee and his brandy and it's only 9am. Old school every mm. single time. I mean, don't get me wrong. Anyway, wine bar, as you know. Yes. Is my fave. One of our favourites, yeah. Um, I love those guys because, okay, it is more modern and more funky inside, but not like, not super super modern, is it? It's got a no. real nod to tradition and yeah. it's, yeah, it's just a really lovely vibe in there. But yes, generally something around town, I will avoid places that are a bit more chic. It's yeah. not my, it's not my, uh, my thing. Cool. Um, what about the siesta? The tradition of the siesta, mm. have you taken to it or do you just say, no, I'm going to work my, my nine to five or my whatever timetable uh-huh. you put because you do decide your own timetable? In summer, 100%. In summer, it was like, stop. Even if it was like we stopped and just like had some lazy time together, me and my, my partner. Uh, but I definitely know, have. I know that you're married too. Yeah. <laughs> I can still say that. Can you? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Uh, <laughs> it's like, does your wife know about your partner? <laughs> Um, so yeah, me and Phoebe would either have a bit of downtime or have a nap in summer for sure. I don't feel the need to in winter. I just kind of want to crack on, be productive. Yeah. Um, and it's just becomes an irritation. Like I'm just, yeah. I go out to the shops. I'm like, oh, it's siesta. Why is everything closed? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I, not used to it yet. I used to respect it a hundred percent. Even when I was working in an office, I tell this all the time. But like, I used to go home at lunchtime because I lived really close to the office. Mm-hmm. Put on my pajamas, get into bed for forty minutes. <laughs> And have like a forty minute nap. Put on your pajamas. I would go full on pajamas and into bed. Wow. Yeah. In summer. All year round. How did you wear pajamas in summer? Well, summer pajamas. <laughs> I mean, the, the shorty pajamas. Uh-oh. Um. Now I don't, but I've trained myself out of it. It was very easy to get into it. I've trained myself out of it, and now I just take Fridays off. Yes, I like this. I'm going to start adopting this. I like the, what you do. I mean, mainly because you try and draw me into your Fridays off. So exactly, I'm, I which feel is why like we're here. Don't have a choice. Working <laughs> and drinking cava and recording your Spanish experience yes. on a Friday. It's like ideal. It. It's perfect. Like it. Okay, so my last question and the one that I actually think is most important mm-hmm. and the, the one that I care about the most because it's it actually also impacts me. Um, do you prefer? A long lunch where you start early and work your way through and just wherever you end up, you end up, or going out for a late Spanish style dinner. Long lunch. I'm all about the day drinking. Yeah. I mean, it just seems a shame not to enjoy this weather, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And also, I just, I like to kind of not sit in one place and have lunch. I like to go, okay, we'll go here, we'll have a drink and a tapa. We'll go here, have another drink and a tapa. I'm all about pairing wine. Well, not pairing, because I don't necessarily like the idea of this wine goes with this food, but I like to have a little something and a little something, you know? And I like to have what is traditional in that bar restaurant or what their speciality is and kind of just gradually eat and drink through the day. (laughs) Which is actually what we're going to do when we finish this. Yes, it is. It's ideal. Okay, so for anyone listening to this who's sitting at home in Northern Europe or in the States or Canada, I'm thinking, I want to go, I want to set up my business, but I'm too damn scared to do it. <laughs> what would you say to that person? Oh, fear is good. <laughs> um, fear is fuel, right? You've got, I just, I just think, yeah, it's scary, but I tell you all, you will 100% look back and go, it was worth all that pain and fear because just the 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 work-life balance here and I know it's cliche but the weather just changes your life it completely changes your life and um I just think don't waste any more time you've just got to embrace the the scariness of it take help where you can and don't 
try too hard to be too independent and do everything yourself. Just get the help to make your life easier, faster, and then you will never look back and regret it. Brilliant. Thank you so much for having the chat. Thank you, Jess. And I will see you in the bars. (laughs) See you there. Spain holds the key to a better life for you and you're sick to death of conflicting information on Facebook groups, feel free to contact me to book a call at www.decipherspain.com. I don't mince my words, I'll tell you what is what and if I don't think Spain is for you, you'll be the first to know. Thank you.